Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It is the Devious Motives podcast. I am Brett Waterbull. Uh, extraordinarily concerned as we gather together here on the 24th of August. Here we are, um, 20 days out from uh, the 9-11 commemoration. We're a week from today out from the deadline the, the Taliban has uh, put into effect for us to leave Afghanistan. We have a standoff taking place today between the President of the United States and the G7 partners that we have plus the Taliban. Things have gotten so serious in Afghanistan. A, a Taliban press conference was just held in these last hours, and the Taliban press conference essentially uh, said, here's the deal. Um, Afghans are not allowed to go to the airport to leave the country. So I'm assuming we are not going to make a stand on behalf of the Afghans because we have not made a stand on behalf of the Americans. And I, I try to be fair-minded on the analysis that I provide on Devious Motives, the Afghanistan collapse. But the reality is somebody needs to be fired. Somebody needs to be fired. And I don't know who that person is, and I hope we figure out who it is. Somebody needs to be held responsible for this. And the brutal reality of what I'm about to tell you, which is 100% accurate, is that nobody will be held to account for this. You only have to go back to uh, September the 11th. Nobody was fired in the wake of the September 11th um, attack. Nobody lost their job. W one guy, Richard, uh, what's-his-face, who, who resigned. Uh, but nobody, nobody was held accountable or responsible for what happened on the September 11th attacks. Nobody. Zero. And there was plenty of issues to go around. Go read the report. Is anything going to be anybody going to be fired off of this? Absolutely not. Because and let's be honest about this. It's important. We live in a time in which it's easy to blame it on, quote, the system failing. The system failed. The system failed on 9-11. The system failed with Hurricane Katrina. The system failed with the 2008 mortgage meltdown. The system failed when we got into uh, COVID, the system failed when we got into security at the Capitol on January 6th. The system failed. The system failed. The system failed. That's not an acceptable response. That's not an acceptable answer. And I don't want to get too far afield on this because I do want to talk about the G7. But um, the system didn't fail. People made decisions. Somebody wrote down a memo or signed a piece of paper that said, we are closing the Bagram Air Base. Somebody signed a memo or, or signed a directive that said, we are abandoning a $750 million embassy in Kabul. Somebody said, we are going to make our stand at the Kabul airport, not at Bagram. Somebody said, somebody said, somebody said. And the, the problem with this is you would expect there to be oversight. The Founding fathers expected oversight from the Congress. The Congress, the Congress sits there and they say, listen, we fund the Defense Department. We fund the covert operations activities. We fund all of these programs. 
we want you to come in and explain to us what it is you're doing with the American taxpayer's money. And that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So you end up with this guy, the Taliban spokesman, telling you that you're not going to be allowed to advance beyond the um, 31st of August. Here, listen to this guy. This is uh, something uh, you can say it's a red line. It will deteriorate the relation that will uh, create mistrust bet between us. It'll violate a red line. That is directly out of the Obama-Biden speech pattern. The red line was what was offered up by President Obama to Bashar Assad when he gassed his own people. And we turned around and we begged the Russians to come in and take over, um, take over the chemical weapons facilities in Syria during the end days of the failed Arab Spring. Uh, that, that sort of conversation led to the Russians getting a warm water port there on the Mediterranean for the first time in their history. There are a lot of firsts in the Obama-Biden administration when it came to foreign policy. We paid the Iranians a bunch of cash. Uh, to not enrich uranium and not to proliferate. We paid uh, protest groups to, to go out and create mischief throughout the Middle East. We actually installed the Muslim Brotherhood in charge of Egypt for a minute. We watched the failure of uh, Libya. Libya is now a failed state, and they've got open market slavery being conducted, the, sale, the sales of slaves in open-air markets in Libya. And now we have the Taliban not just taking Afghanistan back, but with our supplies and equipment. And nobody's responsible for this. Like, literally, nobody is responsible. And now we're doing Mother May I to a bunch of 6th century maniacs that are calling the tunes and calling the shots because they're backstopped by Al-Qaeda and ISIS and the Khorasan. So what, uh, what is the answer here? This, uh, I've got to be honest with you, and I'm going to... I'm feeling frustrated today about this narrative. Why are we in the United Nations? Why are we in these international frameworks? Why are we in any of this? The United Nations was created in the wake of World War II to ensure that we never had um, that sort of a catastrophe happen again, right? We can have a place where everybody could sit down and have a conversation. And, you know, by and large, it's been effective at preventing a world war. I mean, we haven't, the superpowers haven't all lined up and gone to war. You've had hot wars and low intensity conflicts and you've had invasions and you've had coups and you've had fights and you've had, but we haven't had the entire world go to war. Like it's actually been, to, to the degree it can be successful, it's been successful. It's been successful. But how it is we can exist as the superpower in the United States with our G7 partners, our NATO partners, and, and, and we can be held hostage by the Taliban, who are controlled by Pakistan, a bandit country. And, and I'm sorry, but it is. They have a nuclear weapon. They are uh, ample and rampant supporters of radical Islamists who go out and murder innocent people. Uh, people probably don't remember what happened in Mumbai back in 2008. But, but the point of the matter is, None of these countries are held to account who sponsor these terrorist groups. And so China will come rolling in and Russia will come rolling in. And I have a very bad feeling that for whatever reason, Joe Biden thinks, President Biden thinks we can just offload the management of people trying to get out of Afghanistan um, onto the backs of 
some blend of the Iranians, the Chinese, the Russians, the Swedes, the Swiss, uh, and, and maybe the Dutch or something, right? That, that, we can, that we can just we can just offload this. The intent of the Taliban is abundantly clear. They, are, they want to humiliate the United States. And the way they want to humiliate the United States is they want to say, look, we have so much power here on the ground, we can drive the United States out of the theater of battle in Afghanistan in totality, in totality. And we can separate and bifurcate the United States from their allies there on the ground. And, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have to say, uh, with all on honesty and candor, this is a disgrace. You are going to have countries recognize this Taliban regime the, the minute they take that country back over. The minute uh, August the 31st rolls around, you are going to have countries recognize the Taliban and engage in whatever business that they want to try to engage in with the Taliban. And we have no hand. We have no hand at, at this stage of the game. Now, we can sit here and I can point back at Biden. I can point back at Trump. I can point back at Obama. I can point back at Bush and say, you made a mistake. You made a mistake. You made a mistake. You made a mistake. But the fact is, as Americans, we're in this together right now. And I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. This is a bad piece of news. This is a bad piece of news. The question becomes, what's, what's the longer game here? And so I would suggest this is the longer game here. I would suggest rather than waiting until the Taliban actually ascend and get the power that they've that they're that they're they're seeking, I would recommend to Jake Sullivan and I would recommend to the president of the United States. What you need to do is you need to pick up the phone today and you need to call Xi Jinping in China because they will be the sponsors of this, this new Taliban regime. They've got a Belt and Road Initiative they're trying to do. They want access to the strategic minerals there. They, they want all that stuff. But the one thing that we still have that we can put every country over a barrel on, and I'm serious when I say this, what we can say to these countries is, this is the world's largest market. And if you want to have your businesses listed here, if you want your people to be able to buy property here, if you want to come into the United States and do business here, here's how it's going to be. Anybody recognizes the Taliban regime, anybody recognizes them, you are not in business with the United States, the United States banking system, the United States financial system, the United States economic uh, might. This engine is still worth something. We may be looking weak on the world stage, but we still control our own markets. And, and I think it is high time to start making those phone calls to Putin, to Xi, to the European leaders and say, if you do business with the Taliban, you do not do business with the United States of America. And we are going to make your business very difficult. Indeed, we have economic leverage. That is the last weapon we have. Clearly, we have an administration unwilling to use military uh, options. It's abundantly clear to me that that's what's going on. And, and, and I'm watching, you know, I'm watching these, these, these uh, veterans like Mark Green from Tennessee and a number of other men uh, come out and, and make statements earlier today who served as uh, 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 warriors in Afghanistan. 
I, I don't want to ask their sons. I don't want to ask their nephews, their daughters um, to have to go back over there and fight for something where there's clearly just no desire to continue to engage and fight in the war on terror. But what I do want is uh, the harnessing of economic power uh, in a substantial way. And your choke point now is the Chinese Communist Party. We, we have tremendous standing right now to say to the Chinese communists, listen, we know what you did when it came to the COVID-19. We also understand that you're looking to do mischief in different parts of the world, but understand this is going to come at a, at a hefty price and adventurism uh, uh, trying to run uh, crossways to the United States is going to cost you access to our market space. We're going to put a we're going to put a hefty 50% tariff on anything you want to try to send into the United States. And you know what? The American people will stand up for that. The American people will stand up for that because we are about to see genocide take place. Mark my words, and I hope I'm wrong, but we are about to see genocide take place on the soil of Afghanistan. And it's going to be women and children that are going to pay the ultimate price. And we already know Based on that neighborhood, and we already know based on the, the, the track record of the communist Chinese and the track record of Vladimir Putin, that these these individuals are okay with brutality. And they don't seem to uh, care much for uh, personal uh, rights, women's rights, the individual's rights. And so as we sit back and wait, the question becomes very clearly, the question becomes very clearly, what are you prepared to do on behalf of the men and women who are going to be slaughtered in Afghanistan? You know, we, we get a lot of flowery speeches from high-profile people in, in the world of politics, entertainment, faith communities, what have you. But this is where you need to lay down your marker. This is where you need to lay down your marker. Either the United States is an international force for good or we are not. And one of the things that kind of struck me was the tone. I, I, I studiously avoided playing the clip in the last 24 hours of Kamala Harris laughing and giggling and cackling um, about the, the Afghan situation. It, to me, it feels like low-hanging fruit. But I want you to hear something that is not going to get much airplay uh, anywhere else. And it is the vice president of the United States. She's in Singapore, was in Singapore. Here's what she was talking about in Singapore uh, with, with, a, with, with a reset of relations. I believe our world is embarking on a new era. An era with new challenges, like cybersecurity, and an era with new opportunities, like clean energy. The fact is our world is more interconnected and interdependent. And in order then to embrace this new era, Nations must be willing to take on challenges together. What is that challenge going to be? What is that challenge going to be? And, and what does that challenge look like? That, that is the question. What, what, are we, what are we talking about here? So you're ready to reset. You are ready to reset. What are we resetting? What relationship are we resetting? Who are we resetting with? And, and so we can, we can attempt, we can attempt to try to uh, build, build a different sort of a relationship and a different sort of a pathway moving forward. 
or or we can um, continue to look out for American interest. I, I get it. It's exciting. It's a potential Green New Deal. It's this, it's that. But the, fa- the fact of the matter is, I watched a press conference yesterday. President, uh, President Biden at that press conference yesterday, uh, I looked at how excited he was talking about COVID, and I looked at how bummed he was talking about the, uh, the issues involving this Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. And here's the ugly reality. Depending on what news channel you watch, if you watch Fox, you're seeing coverage of Afghanistan. You're seeing a lot of coverage at the border. You're seeing a little bit of coverage on COVID. If you put on MSNBC this morning, if you were watching Morning Joe, if you were watching some of their other programming, you're seeing wall-to-wall COVID and very little mentioning in terms of Afghanistan. CNN, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a mixed bag over there. My point is, you have constituencies that are going to dial into and plug into the constituencies they want. And you have a, lo- a large number of people. You figure if you want to go with the 80 million number voted for, for, for Biden, 80 million people, I guess, aren't paying attention to Afghanistan. They're only looking at COVID. And when President Biden in the last 24 hours came out and said he wants corporations to mandate the shot, people got very excited. But when people started trying to ask questions of Jen Psaki, the uh, spokesperson at the White House, in the form of Peter Ducey at, at Fox, and he asks her, what about the Americans that are stranded? She says, I don't believe that they are stranded. That is not the right sort of language to use, that Americans are stranded in Afghanistan. Well, if that's the case, and I get that you want to talk about COVID, and you want to talk about Pfizer, and you want to talk about the approval of the FDA, and you want to talk about mandating shots, which is a whole other public health issue, then why would you be affecting rescues from rooftops with helicopters in Kabul? Is that, so, so is that just a taxi service now? Because that's a rescue which implies either a hostage or a stranded situation. But instead, we want to play these, uh, these, these games. We, we want to play these games. We want to play these, these, uh, these, these semantic games and, and all of that. And I have to tell you, I, I think it's a big mistake to do this because this is not about rooting sections. You have 5,000 of the most hardened, dangerous terrorists who have gotten out of prison that are now freely moving around the country. We are going to start seeing, I think, by September 11th, I hope to God not on September the 11th, but I can't guarantee that we're not going to see explosions in cities around the world. Suicide bombings, hijackings, terrorism, because the Taliban can put on the the, the face of, hey, we're the new jacks. We're not the old Taliban. We're a softer, kinder Taliban now. We're the Taliban. Used to hate us. Now we're just regular guys. Al-Qaeda is not going to be held to, to their restrictions, nor will the uh, ISIS elements inside of Afghanistan. This is a disaster. And I don't want your son or my son or our kids or grandkids or neighbors to be forced to go into a battlefield when you have a commander in chief who may not be fully committed to what it is that's happening and being fully committed to a military mission. Everybody always says, let's go to war. Let's invade. Let's do that. The invading is the easy part. The hard part is the extrication. And this fact that 
we do this in this willy-nilly way, we are going to pay a price. We are going to look unreliable. I know in politics, you know, words mean nothing, and your word may not mean anything. But the world looks at the United States of America and says, those are the good guys. I said this in the very first video that I do over at Rumble, and I said this in the very first audio clip that I put out on this podcast. The American word means something. Honor still means something. And for us to just to just be, well, we'll just get out and see what happens. Well, what's the worst that could happen? Again, ask yourself, will anybody be held to account? Will anybody, anybody lose their job? Will there be a single hearing into this? You think about all the wasted assets that we've had for the last two and a half years. You know, the fact that we, we push, you know, these outrages and these hearings and well, let's impeach and now let's impeach again and let's do all this sort of stuff. What are we doing to make sure that Americans are actually being kept safe? That's an important metric. That's going to do it for us. I am Brett Witterbull. That's your devious motive. The collapse of Afghanistan. The G7 versus Biden versus the Taliban. For August 24th, 2021. I'll talk to you next time.